Welcome to Health Affairs This Week. I'm your host for today, Fabron Watts. Monkeypox, monkeypox, and monkeypox has been a term that has been picking up steam over the airways this summer. We first mentioned monkeypox on the Juneteenth episode of This Week when cases in the U.S. were at 35. As of yesterday, according to the CDC, the U.S. has reached almost 10,400 cases throughout 49 states and the District of Columbia. Last week, monkeypox was declared by the U.S. government as a public health emergency. Such emergency tag requires sense-making. To provide insight about various aspects of monkeypox, I'm joined today by Dr. Syra Madad, the Senior Director of the System-Wide Special Pathogens Program at the New York City Health and Hospitals, and Dr. Andrew Wallach, the Ambulatory Chief Medical Officer at the New York City Health and Hospitals. So, monkeypox, what is it? Is it something new? Yeah, great question. So, monkeypox is not a new virus. It was first detected in the 1950s with the first human case detected in 1970. And what's important is to give a very brief kind of epi background of, you know, you know what is monkeypox. So first, uh, you know, typically we've seen um, spillover from animals to humans. But what we're seeing that is unusual in this current monkeypox outbreak of 2022 is that there's a lot of human to human transmission happening. And this actually has been happening for the past five to six years. So based on genomic analysis, you've, uh, you know, we've been able to detect that human to human transmission has been happening. For example, in Nigeria, with evidence of focal lesions, um, you know, in individuals signaling potential sexual exposure. So while we're seeing a large majority of transmission happening through sexual contact, which we'll get into, this isn't something new. This has been happening for the past four, you know, five to six years. So first, um, the natural reservoir of monkeypox remains unknown. Um, and most cases, uh, as we're seeing in the outbreak uh, happening, you know, around the world, is that it's a very relatively mild illness, self-limited, without requiring significant hospitalization. Um, but about eight to twelve percent of individuals do require hospitalization for pain management, in particular. Um, but that term "mild" can be a misnomer because mild could be something for one individual, but something much more significant for another. Uh, but when we talk about recovery, most individuals, uh, you know, make a, a full recovery. There is a concern for individuals that are immunocompromised, children or women that are pregnant who may have, uh, you know, higher uh, case of severe illness. Deaths have occurred, um, but are rare uh, in the current uh, epidemic that we're seeing. About 82 countries, uh, you know, reporting cases of monkeypox that have not seen monkeypox before. So we have about, you know, 8 to 11 countries that usually have monkeypox that's endemic, but about 82 countries where, you know, monkeypox is not endemic, uh, you know, they're reporting just a handful handful of uh, deaths, about less than five or so. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these individuals also have had underlying health conditions. The other thing that I'll mention when it comes to monkeypox is that the virus can spread from person to person through direct contact with the infectious rash, scabs, or bodily fluids, uh, respiratory secretions during prolonged face-to-face -face contact, and then contact with contaminated objects like bed sheets or towels. Um, you know, and right now, what we're seeing in the current epidemic is that monkeypox is largely being driven by skin-to-skin -skin contact through intimate physical contact. So this includes oral and vaginal sex, other intimate contacts such as rimming, hugging, kissing, biting, cuddling, and massage. The last thing that I'll just mention 
mentioned is that based on the World Health Organization, they have published um, some really great data on monkeypox cases by transmission type as well as by exposure type. And this is where it kind of hones in on where is transmission occurring. So when we're looking at transmission, majority of the cases are in uh, men uh, who have sex with men. And it's happening during sexual encounter. So by and large, a lot of the um, spread is happening during sexual encounter. And then you have a small percentage of cases, you know, in household transmission, as well as during partying events, things like that, where there's a lot of skin-to-skin contact that, uh, that could be um, occurring. So, so if you've been in contact with someone with monkeypox, what is the next step? So if you've been exposed to somebody uh, with confirmed monkeypox, um, you should be evaluated, uh, you know, by your provider uh, for that risk. Uh, and based on that risk, you may be eligible for vaccination for something we call a post-exposure prophylaxis. The good news with monkeypox is that we do have a vaccine. It is called Genios, and it has been shown to be protective uh, for those who've been exposed uh, to an uh, identified case. Okay. And, and if you have been exposed, is there like a window of time that you should get that vaccination? The sooner, the better is the short answer. But typically, we would like to get that vaccine to somebody within four to seven days uh, after exposure to a known case. Okay. So, so within weeks after uh, COVID hit, hit, hit the U.S. With, um, in 2020, screening and testing centers were popping up in droves. Is the same being done or will it be done with monkeypox? Yeah, you know, a lot of people are drawing comparisons uh, with the current outbreak of monkeypox to COVID-19. And I will say that there are definitely similarities, but I want to point out more importantly the differences uh, between these two different infectious disease outbreaks. The first and foremost is that with monkeypox, number one, this is a known entity, as Dr. Madad just shared with us. This is something we've known about, um, you know, with the first human case in the 1970s. Not only do we know about the disease, we also have a vaccine for it and we have a treatment uh, for it. So very different. And then lastly, just to say perhaps the most important difference between COVID and monkeypox is that COVID is able to be transmitted even before one becomes symptomatic. That is not the case with monkeypox. With monkeypox disease, as you just heard from Dr. Madad, you are only infectious once you develop symptoms. So to answer your question, will we see, you know, as, you know, pop-ups of uh, COVID uh, testing sites, which would now be uh, monkeypox sites on every street corner? Highly unlikely. Again, this is a much more limited outbreak in particular cohorts of individuals, and it is not contagious until one develops symptoms. One of the concerns with health officials is that the demand um, that currently the U.S. may not be able to meet the demand for the vaccine. Can you talk about what is being done to address this? So, yes, you know, as as you've just said, uh, there is definitely a shortage uh, of the Genios vaccine, which is the preferred vaccine uh, for monkeypox here in the United States, both for, as we just said, post-exposure prophylaxis, but also Uh, for prevention uh, of disease. So what we have done here in the U.S. is we've had a strategy uh, to try to get as many people vaccinated as possible based on our current supply. And so what that means is typically this vaccine is a two-dose series, uh, four weeks apart. In order to get as many people protected as possible, we're using the strategy of giving a single dose for those who've not been exposed but are at high risk for acquiring monkeypox. Now, if you've been exposed, you'll still get two doses. But if you haven't been exposed but just have high-risk behaviors or fall into this risk group, um, we are starting with just a single dose to get as many people vaccinated as possible. 
I'll just add, you know, given the the you know the the limited supply of, va- of vaccines that we have right now in the United States, um, the first thing I'll say is I think the United States government definitely deserves a lot of kudos and credit for first, you know, being the leader and funding heavily on the creation and development of this genius monkeypox vaccine. If it wasn't without the support of the United States, we wouldn't even have this vaccine available. So it's that that um, pre-planning and that thinking ahead of time, especially certainly, you know, for smallpox that we have this vaccine available. So I think credit should go where credit is due. But certainly we're now in this epidemic where the rollout of the vaccine has been slow, and that's because of access issues and not certainly having enough with demand outstripping supply. And so there are currently, you know, two different methods uh, or strategies, if you will. Um, right now, the one that's uh, currently also being discussed where the, the FDA authorized uh, just recently the intradermal vaccination, which means administering the vaccine at the top layer, um, you know, of, of, our, of our skin. Um, and, and the skin is home to a number of our immune cells, so it can trigger a potentially better immune response. Um, and you can use smaller um, dosage, if you will. So that's currently on the table. And as Dr. Dr. Wallach just mentioned, there's that one dose strategy that New York has also adopted, whereas giving individuals their first dose, and that's through subcutaneous route, and then waiting, uh, you know, until we have more doses available to give that second dose. Um, And this is really just helping kind of increase uh, the number of individuals that can get uh, first doses into the population. So those are the two strategies being used. The second one, obviously, right now, uh, currently being used, and the the first one that I mentioned is being uh, considered, uh, you know, right right now. So... Currently, the health organizations, such as the World Health Organization, shows that men who have sex with men are largely impacted by the virus that causes monkeypox, actually accounting for 98% of monkeypox cases within the world as well as the U.S. It is a part of science what these organizations are observing, but the messaging may give rise to stigma and lead to misinformation that this disease, monkeypox, may be a disease for gay or bisexual men only. What can be done to combat this stigma and potential misinformation from occurring? Yeah, as we noted earlier, remember that the main mode of transmission that we're seeing with this current outbreak of monkeypox disease here in the United States is really a result of prolonged skin-to-skin contact. Now that may occur um, during sex or other uh, intimacy, but that is the main route. So anybody, is actually, um, you know, uh, able to get monkeypox disease. However, we've seen that it really has been in the MSM community with, as you noted, over 98% of cases falling into that category. So I think education and just reaching out to groups that are at risk uh, based on behaviors and what we have seen from transmission is really our best strategy to move forward. But in all of our messaging here in New York City, we are making the point that anybody can get monkeypox. And as schools are opening nationwide, a lot of conversation has been concerned about the spread of monkeypox in children. Is there anything that you would like to say um, regarding that? Yeah. So, you know, as Dr. Walk mentioned, majority of the cases uh, first are are um, in men and, and in the community of men who have sex with men. But as we've seen, particularly also here in the United States, um, we've had about five pediatric cases. And so I think first, it's important to state that the overall risk remains low for um, the average American, especially for, for children. And the five pediatric cases that we know of out of the 10,000 cases that we have here in the United States, that's about, you know, 0.005% um, of cases. So that's 
that's low. And the main uh, transmission that is happening is through these sexual encounters. Um, and so because also the way of, of monkeypox, the way that it spreads, uh, as Dr. Walk mentioned, very close contact, also contact with lesions or, you know, prolonged contact with an individual through respiratory droplets or contaminated surfaces. Um, casual contact is not a main driver right now. Certainly the, there is a risk of potential uh, spillover to other communities. Um, and I think that that risk certainly is real. Um, and this is where I think we want to make sure that before it gets out into other networks, we are able to have a proactive approach and prevent it from spreading uh, further. And I, th I think a good case example is probably um, MRSA. So MRSA um, is as a you know it's a methyl methylene resistant Staphylococcus aureus, and um, it uh, was primarily. Uh, affecting the MSM community, but then it also spread to prisons and jails and, uh, you know, athletes because it's very similar to monkeypox required close contact, skin to skin contact. Um, and so I think if we were to take a lesson learned from that particular epidemic, it's that, you know, we should certainly get ahead of ensuring that everything we can for the community that is at risk, the most at risk community now to prevent that potential wi uh, wider uh, spillover. So this is where you're seeing public health uh, guidance come out for Congress settings, for school settings, to ensure that they have a plan in place. That's not to say that uh, we're going to start seeing substantial number of cases. I think certainly that risk is, is low, but we need to continue to prepare. And I was just going to add, you know, that again, I've gotten a lot of questions from patients. Can I get monkeypox from trying on clothing in a store or sitting on public transport or rubbing up against somebody in an elevator? And the short answer is no. Again, it needs prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact for transmission. Yeah, and, and the and the, the presence of a, of a viral particle doesn't necessarily mean that that's infectious. And so it kind of goes to like, how does an infection start, right? So you need to have obviously a live virus that is able to replicate. You need to have enough of it to actually cause infection. So just, you know, touching, for example, a doorknob that a person that has monkeypox that may even has a lesion touched, and then you, you touch it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get infected. You need to have obviously enough viral particles and needs to be a live virus being able to replicate to actually cause infection and that you have that portal event in that sense. Well, I thank you so much, Dr. Murdad and Dr. Wallach for making sense of uh, monkeypox for us. For our listeners, if you are interested in more information about monkeypox, we ask that you please visit cdc.gov. And for more information and updates on everything that is going on health policy and health services related, we ask you to tune in this week on your usual podcast platforms. Thank you. I'm Vapen Watts. 